Welcome to Pocket Therapist. I'm Dr. Adam Moore, licensed marriage and family therapist, and this podcast is about how words and language can alter the course of your relationships. Have you ever had the experience of starting a conversation and just having it totally bomb? I'm going to help you rewind and use the power of language to get people to pay attention to you, to have real influence with others, to say things in a powerful but healthy way, and change the way people perceive you and what's important to you so you can have the relationships you want. Let's get going. All right, today I'm going to make my first foray into conversations about parenting. And whether you're a parent now or maybe in the future, I'm going to clue you into some pretty magical tricks on working with kids here. My kids really dislike helping around the house. Now, they they really love uh, messing things up around the house. That's one of their favorite things to do. In fact, I think they love it most when they can follow me around uh, while I'm cleaning and mess things up behind me while I'm not looking so that when I turn around, I've accomplished nothing. They really enjoy that a lot. And I've got five kids, and they range in age all the way from 10 down to a baby. He's like two or three months old, somewhere in that range. I'm obviously paying very close attention to <laughs> He's number five. What do you expect, guys? Over the years, I have tried so many different tactics to try to get my kids to clean up and at least not throw an unholy fit while they're cleaning up, at least not cry the entire time. I remember when they were young, I got the Mission Impossible theme song downloaded onto my phone, and I would say to the kids, okay, we have a very important mission. Uh, We need to clean up the kitchen. And then I'd turn on the Mission Impossible music, and they were pretty young, so they thought it was cool, and they'd help me clean up, kind of, but mostly they were, you know, running around pretending to shoot people. But at least they weren't whining. And that only worked a little bit for a short period of time, and then it got pretty uninteresting. So it wasn't a good long-term option. I want to tell you two approaches that I'm using right now, and they have really changed the way my kids interact with getting stuff done around the house, chores, tasks, etc. I'm not going to promise that they never whine or that I don't have to remind them or kind of get on their case a little bit about it. But man, I got to tell you, it is so much better. It's so much easier. And there's way less upset emotions and yelling on my part. So I think everyone's winning here. The first thing I've done is sort of the practical side. And then I'll talk to you about the psychological component afterwards. I made daily task lists for the kids. And this is how they work. I picked a number of things that I want each child to do. And of course, it's based on their age and their capability and the things that they have to do. Some of my kids do piano lessons and others in martial arts. So depending on the things that they're supposed to be responsible for, their task list might look a little bit different from the other kids. But one of the things I noticed when I was trying to get my kids to clean before was that for a child, cleaning an entire room or even a section of a room feels like an overwhelming, daunting impossible task. They look at the whole family room, which really isn't that big, and it just looks like we're never going to get this done, you know. And so they'll just cry and throw fits, and I, my kids have thrown themselves on the ground and spun around like they're possessed by some really dirty demon spirit guy. What I've done now is I've structured the task list in such a way that it is broken up into much smaller bite-sized chunks that are based in going after something, an eagerness mindset, and that's attached to a list 
halfway down the paper of the fun things they can select to do after they get done with the chores, with the responsibilities. So the top half of the list says, all right, these are the things that you've got to get done. 25 things you've got to clean up in your bedroom. 25 things in the family room. 25 things in the playroom. The nice thing about this approach is that it really lines up with the psychology of human motivation in that the tasks match the orientation of what they're trying to get. That is, they're trying to obtain something they want to be able to play a video game or go outside and jump on a trampoline or whatever it is. And cleaning up 25 things is a proactive eagerness type approach. So they go after 25 things. And, and for a kid, a fixed number of things to clean up works better than get this entire room clean. That's just been my experience. Of course, I've got to deal with the one child that you know rips up a piece of paper into 25 uh, small shreds and throws that all away and goes, I did 25. And then I say, we're going to do 1,025 if I see that happening again. So I still have to watch over this a little bit. They can, kids can get a little sneaky. But I've been amazed to see the difference. It used to be that I would come home from work and we'd eat dinner and I would say, okay, everybody, we're going to clean up the kitchen. And every child would start crying simultaneously. Now I'll get home from work and a couple of the kids have already done everything on the list. In fact, I've got one child who cries usually the most and he'll wake up in the morning and hurry up and eat and get ready for school. And he'll say, hey, can I do my list before school starts? Because he's thinking, wow, I could have all the time after school to get all this other fun stuff happening in my life and not waste time on chores. And I say, yeah, that's great, man. Go to it. It's a completely different dynamic. So I'll keep you posted. We're, I think, three weeks into this now, and it has made a huge difference for my kids. Now, let me tell you the other part, the psychological part, about how I talk to the kids in terms of maximizing their motivation to do certain tasks. Of course, there are times as a parent when I'm going to need some help on a specific thing that is off the chore list. It's not on there, and it needs to get done, and it's, there's nothing attached to it. There's not a, there's not a reward that's waiting out there for them to have. I just need help with this particular thing. Here's what's really interesting. And I'm going to go really briefly into this today. And we're going to go much more in depth in future episodes. Because there's a lot of interesting science behind what I'm about to say here. All human beings are motivated to be effective in one of three ways. Knowing what's real about themselves, about their relationships, about the world. Getting things that they value. That's number two. And number three is having control or autonomy. And I learned this from a professor of psychology and business named Tori Higgins. He's at Columbia University in New York. And like I said, we'll get into a lot of the science later on. But for now, just know that there are three ways of being effective. Knowing what's real, getting things that you want, and having control or autonomy that motivate human beings. Well, I know my kids pretty well now. I've known them their whole lives. Depending on their age, it's been a handful of years or more. And each child is primarily motivated by something a little bit different in terms of what they want to feel effective. My oldest child wants to be special and important and connected to other people. So I could offer him like $10 to unload the dishwasher and there's a pretty good chance he's going to go, nah, I'd rather not. Because getting things that he values is way less of a deal to him than being special. So to him, I would say something like, hey, I need a special helper. Are you interested in doing that for me? And he immediately lights up and he goes, yeah, what can I do, dad? And I'll say, as my special helper, will you unload the dishwasher for me? 
and he will go immediately to it. And if he starts to say, oh, I don't know if I want to, all I have to do is say, does anyone else want to be my special helper? And he is desperate to not let anyone else take over that responsibility. He'll go, never mind, I'm going to do it. And he'll completely do it. I could do that with my other two kids, my second and third oldest, and they would not care. They don't want to be special. It's irrelevant to them. I mean, maybe they do want to be special, but not enough to unload the dishwasher. My second oldest is really motivated by getting things that he values. So he's the one where I can say, I'll tell you what, if you help me unload this dishwasher, I'll let you bring a friend over and you guys can hang out in the backyard for a while. He is on that immediately. I don't even have to ask twice. As long as I know what he values, he will go after it. And my daughter is really interesting because she's not really motivated by getting things that she wants most of the time, and I don't think she could care less than she currently does about being a special helper. But she sure likes to have control and freedom of choice. And she's five, and so I'll ask her something like this. I need you to help me with the dishwasher. Would you rather have me point out to you which things to pull out and put away, or do you just want to do it yourself? And interestingly enough, she would rather have me point things out to her, But as soon as she knows that she has the choice and that I'm going to help her with that choice, she's all on board and will completely do it. Whereas if I ask her independent of that type of approach, she'll just go off and do whatever she wants. She'll just, if I say, hey, will you come unload the dishwasher for me, please? She'll pretend like she didn't hear me and run into another room. So if we understand what type of effectiveness our children want to experience, we can dramatically increase the likelihood that they will actually do the things we're asking as long as we can attach it to being effective in that way. This is just the tip of the iceberg on this particular topic. I'm really excited to share more with you about this because it will completely change your parenting. The amount of yelling you have to do will decline dramatically, which I think is something that all of us would like more of in our lives is less yelling. If you liked today's episode, there's more where that came from, both before and more coming in the future. Please consider subscribing to the podcast. Please let your friends know, and you can feel free to rate and review the podcast if you'd like as well. All of it helps. Thanks so much. See you soon.